This is Music on Repeat, a podcast where I talk to people about the songs that have impacted their taste in music. You can find me on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts, or online and on Instagram under the name musiconrepeat.io. I'm your host, Susie Q. Hello, everyone, and welcome back. This is Music on Repeat, episode 20, and I am super excited. This is a big milestone for me, uh, episode 20. It's been a while since you've heard from me. I apologize, but I'm really excited because we have an amazing set of guests today. So what better way to celebrate the 20th episode than to have two guests instead of one? And they come in the form of a band, an Icelandic Siberian duo by the name of Pale Moon. Welcome, Arnie and Nata. Thank you so much. Hi, hi. hi Honored to be here. Um, so you guys are Icelandic Siberian. Is that do you or do you just say Icelandic? Uh, we're a bit confused with our uh, identity <laughs> nowadays <laughs> because <laughs> we started. Uh, we started a band in Iceland, so we were quite Icelandic in that way, even though I'm Russian Siberian. And Arnie was like, This is so cool that you're from Siberia. I was like, This is boring. But everyone just got so excited about Siberia. So yeah. Yeah. he was like, Let's put it on our uh, bio. Yeah, for me, I think it's yeah, very exciting. Siberia. You don't go there often. Yeah, exactly. It's it, it, and cool. it's that place. It's that place you always reference when you think that someone's from really, really far away. You'll say, "What are you from Siberia?" And yeah. you are from <laughs> Siberia. So right. I think you should honor that and treasure that. <laughs> yeah. The only thing uh, I don't want people to think that Siberia is in Iceland. Siberia yeah. is right, in Russia. That's true. <laughs> we yeah, do know not, that. Yes. Yeah, not yeah. everyone apparently knows where. Ev- <laughs> okay, so Icelandic Siberian duo. Um, so your sound has been described as psychedelic indie. You've been compared to Mac DeMarco, and you guys have cited Billy Joel, David Bowie, the Beach Boys, and the Doors as influences. And you released your first EP in 2019, I believe, Dust of Days. And now you just released that beautiful new single, Stranger. So I can't wait to hear all about Pale Moon and about the songs that you guys have chosen for this podcast. Well, our first EP was a bit more psychedelic indie, I would say. And okay. uh, it included three songs. Well, two of these songs, actually, Outney was the main singer initially. But when we started to record newest songs, Outney ended up like pushing more and more like, no, Nata, you should sing this one. Your you voice should... is just much prettier than mine. <laughs> I'm, I'm a backup vocalist. So we end up recording a new set of songs and the first one just came out called Stranger. Uh, mm-hmm. It's available everywhere on Spotify, of course. And also we have a music video for the same song where you can see a little kind of artistic idea of our director, Carlos Pons. He's uh, mm-hmm. part of a Catalan production called Orbita. So I encourage everyone who is listening to go and check the video afterwards. So, yeah, I mean, this song is actually a bit more indie folk. Uh, okay. You'd maybe not compare this one to Mark Marco anymore. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I, yeah, I think it's just uh, we're not trying to fit in particular style. 
Yeah, it's not maybe as psychedelic as our previous recordings. It's more maybe when you're coming off the psychedelics. <laughs> like we're coming down. All right. <laughs> That's, That's a good way of yeah, putting yeah. it. So if you want to make a playlist for people who are coming off psychedelics, our music would that, fit into that, that playlist. That would be the first song. That yeah, would yeah. be the first song on the playlist. <laughs> yeah. No, I've listened to it a bunch of times uh, since you. you guys have released it. I, I really, really like it. And I've also watched the video as well. Um, super cool. I've seen some of your other videos as well. I think the one for Exile. And I, f I feel like they're really cinematic and they're really creative. So I would also highly recommend that uh, people check out the video after listening to this. Or just pause the podcast and go watch it right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> or just watch it on repeat while we are talking. So well, it's kind of exactly. like with commentary. That's a great idea. <laughs> Yeah, I, w I wanted to uh, talk a little bit about Exile. I wanted to give a little snippet for someone who's going to see the video and then uh, you can hear our commentary on it. <laughs> because yeah, this video was a one-shot video and we did it, well, not a summary, but like quite cold actually day in Reykjavik. And it's just one continuous shot where we involved around... I don't know, 50, 50 people, people yeah, yeah. Like uh, on the street. So it didn't go so well. It didn't go perfectly. <laughs> you can find some mistakes. So I encourage you to go and check it out and uh, then, <laughs> uh, see how many mistakes you find. <laughs> but I think it's uh, a lot of fun. This video was a bit more upbeat uh, than the newest one and more silly maybe but we're just quite silly people so that's mm. why you would find it's also <laughs> very colorful in a way like yeah it, yeah it was a bit more 70s kind of style we had uh, special suits made for it um yeah i, I like was wondering a, about that because i didn't when you just said that it was filmed in one shot now that i think about it you're right but i think because everybody was wearing the same that same suit and every shot i thought i wonder if that's the same suit or if like <laughs> It was people, four people. sets of suits. Well, yeah, in reality, wow. there were four made in yeah. different sizes. And yeah. <laughs> then we found everyone who could fit the suits, all our friends. And a lot of them are actually also musicians in Iceland. I think most of the people in the music video are musicians. So people are maybe a little bit confused whose music video it is. <laughs> <laughs> but, well, Outni, he is the main character in that video. And he starts and ends the video with like an epic scene of... Of, uh, everyone coming out in the shot so yeah that was the exile video our first one now we grew up so stranger is a bit more grown up <laughs> yeah. grown up stuff now it's serious time like a funny thing with the suit because like it was a one shot and we all had to like time it very accurately so once i was done in the video i had to run to the next location where that person who would fit my suit and we would have to change clothes in seconds we would just literally like <laughs> throw the jacket wow. and the pants like here it's your turn and then i don't know what we were thinking we thought we we're gonna oh yeah you just need like 25 seconds to change the suit well in reality you need i guess uh, two three minutes yeah so. I, I also i broke the button on my pants so like in the last in the shot that is in the video, I'm trying to like hold them so they won't fall. <laughs> yeah, if you see it now, knowing this information, you can see Outney running out from the stairs in the last shot. And he's all like just trying to put the jacket just a few steps before the camera rolls in. So yeah, it was quite fun though. Like I think Very uh, dangerous. we had yeah a lot of fun with all the people and the kids. Uh, actually, they were almost like crying because there were three different roles for kids. 
And each time they would want to exchange the roles. We had the laminate stand, so on. Like, yeah, I want to be on the laminate stand. <laughs> and oh, we're like, no. oh. yeah, it was funny. Well, you fooled me because I was really impressed. <laughs> that was our goal. It looks really cool. It's like yeah. I think it's hard to get it to get it right. I think you guys, I think you guys got it right. It was it was quite DIY that setup, so we're not pretending to win an uh, Oscars. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> what? <laughs> no, I mean because I saw some like there is even one shot movie, and when we did that video, that was only like three, three minutes. minutes yeah. yeah, and I thought, how also, did they plan it? What's the name of that? The whole movie. Yeah. What's the name of that band? Like guys with the treadmills. They're like kind of the kings of like one shot music videos. Oh, I, can't remember. I don't know. Yeah, uh, they're quite actually when we yeah, when we did the video, we googled all the other. Maybe we should have done it before we did the video, but it just looked so effortless, so <laughs> and when we were doing we were just sweating running around with the camera and the guy he had this setup that was like 10-15 kilos on your back yeah, running with a stabilizer so oh my god with this video we kind of just decided to make the directors like we found this the Orbita the, the Catalan production team and we kind of wanted just to put the responsibility and the creative part completely into their hands so we wouldn't be like messing too much with it yeah. They just gave us a shooting date. We just showed up and they did the video and then they sent it to us. And we're like super happy because like with the previous video, we, the preparation took months. It was quite a lot of preparation. Right. But yeah, it's quite different this time. Well, it looks, I mean, it looks super well done. So speaking of well, Catalan, obviously you guys are based in and around Barcelona right mm -hmm. now um, but how did you find your way from Iceland to well Nata how did you find your way from <laughs> Siberia to Iceland and then how did you both find your way to Barcelona um, well if I would start the story from beginning till the end we might need like a longer podcast <laughs> but uh, just to give you a gist of it um, well I was born in Siberia as I said before in a small town called Nerungri it's uh, in Yakutia, and Yakutia is a diamond place of Russia. Well, the, all the diamonds from Russia comes from Yakutia, so... Like you are. Yeah. A diamond. So, <laughs> me oh. as well. So cheesy, so cheesy. <laughs> and my family moved in uh, 1997 to St. Petersburg. It was a dream of my father to live there. Uh, it's a cultural um, capital of Russia and my favorite place in Russia as well. So I lived there with my family and I grew up mostly there and that's where I developed my interest in music as well. But at the time when I was 17, I decided I want to be a graphic designer, which was a more obtainable dream in uh, Russia at that time. So I moved to Moscow at some point and started working as a graphic designer. And when I was 24, I decided that I'm tired of this computer and office job. And I went to Barcelona. So in Barcelona, I took a degree in fashion design. My mom was a seamstress, so I thought mm, maybe this is the path for me to take. And well, I love clothing as well. So I graduated there and 
then I met this uh, man, um, beautiful Icelandic oh, gorgeous man. <laughs> oh. uh, I'm name, blushing over here. Who is very, very talented in music. And that kind of sparkled my, well, musical interest again, because I've been always writing songs and poetry from when I was a kid. So when we met, it kind of all went back to me. I just want to do, do music. And he needed a partner at some point. So we got together in the studio and started recording. And that was in Iceland already. So we end up in Iceland. That was the first time when we started recording songs together. Now we're in Barcelona. (laughs) Back again. Very cool. So, and Arnie, you're obviously from your last name. I'm not even going to try. No, me neither. It's terrible. (laughs) I'm not even, I'm not going to go for that. Um, But you're from Iceland and you actually have quite a history in the Icelandic music scene. Mm-hmm. You played for a very popular Icelandic band, which I didn't know was Icelandic until I found out you were in it, of Monsters and Men. Mm-hmm. And then you've also been in a couple other bands, um, Orphic, Oxtra, and One Week Wonder, which I think um, Guillem, do you know Guillem? You're talking about the guitarist, right? Yes, exactly. Yeah. He's the one he... that turned me on to you guys, actually. <laughs> ah, okay. Yeah, he, yeah he's really good. He came and, and recorded the pedal steel for, mm-hmm, for exactly. a few of our tracks of the for the one we want there. And I, right. I don't know, yeah, he's really good. And his band is also really nice. I don't Intana. Exactly. Thank you so much. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I like it. There's a lot of good music here. Uh, definitely. Mm-hmm. So you have been playing, obviously, in a lot of different bands. So what made you want to break out on your own and, and do this project? It's kind of just like the regular band politics. Okay. Our project kind of started to shape and take some kind of serious form after the One Week Wonder project ended. And we were three of us in the band to begin with for uh, One Week Wonder. And it was just kind of, I mean, I was the only mo- only one in the band who was like kind of fully dedicated to music i wasn't doing anything else and the other ones they had day jobs like oh day jobs no oh <laughs> so they, they horrible yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> and um yeah i don't want to go too much into it but like i kind of got just tired of uh, dragging them onto rehearsals i mean i understand them right. of course they come home tired from work they may be not excited to go to a band rehearsal or something and i was like not right. doing anything else during the day i was like yes let's have a band rehearsal they're like no so i was like okay i don't need you guys i'm gonna just form a band with my lady here nata and like. <laughs> well it wasn't exactly exactly like this but well Arnie always wanted like since when we met he always wanted to do his own project where he would be the star not joke. <laughs> <laughs> well the songwriter <laughs> I'm I mean on the in the other bands there was maybe a different leading person and he had an ambition of writing his own he always told me like I'm gonna make this solo album before I turn 30 <laughs> and it didn't happen yet <laughs> hey, because don't... I joined oh. in <laughs> so no solo for you but uh, yeah I mean because I I think he's too shy to say, but Arnie always had an ambition for his own project. So Pale Moon became this band where he has the main say. I'm main. almost a right. dictator. We are two dictators. Yeah, we're <laughs> yeah, because, well, Arnie does most of the musical production um, in terms of recording and uh, also just, well, picking the main lines for guitar. So like, I usually I just come and like say, yeah, do it like this. no. 
do it like that. Okay. <laughs> but I bring the songs and I sing and I bring the lyrics. Usually I come up with all the melodies and song ideas, but Outni does the kind of arrangement side of it. This is how it works. <laughs> well, speaking of songs, should we get into the first song of the of the hour, let's say? Uh, mm-hmm. who wants to go first with their with their choice? Outni. Me. Okay. Sure. <laughs> Okay, Arnie, that was your pick, the first song of today. And what was that song? Uh, that was Airs, the Femme d'Argent. If French people are listening to this, they're going to be throwing themselves off buildings if they hear my pronunciation. But my roommate I lo- is French, so I can't let her hear this podcast or <laughs> yeah, she'll yeah, yeah, kick yeah. me out of the house. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah I'm, I'm sorry. Why didn't you pick Sexy Boy? Yeah, it's easier to say Sexy Boy. Everyone knows the song. Uh, but I, I mean, I just love this band i love this album moon safari um Mm -hmm. i got to know them through my sister my older sister she listens to a lot of music and she had them on cd and cd that's a throwback right there yeah yeah exactly (laughs) like on on a cassette she had it on a yeah on a cd and i would often steal her cds to her frustration because i was pretty much only into classical music growing up like every other music just sounded like noise to me. So I was like listening oh, okay. to, to Chopin and Beethoven and all of that kind of piano stuff. Interesting. But like when I started to develop taste for other music, I would, uh, yeah, I would sneak into my sister's room and steal her CDs. And at one point, like I had the CD like kind of for a while. And I just remember one point, like me and my brother, we had the band in my parents' basement where we grew up. And at one point I just put the CD on and I was kind of blasting it in the sound system we had in the rehearsal space. And I just remember I was kind of like laying on the floor and I was really blasting it and just laying there and just like really soaking it all in and just like really listen to all of the details and everything in this music. And it's just so, it's such a, a tapestry. <laughs> All of the sounds, everything sounds so beautifully, like the drums, the bass, the keyboards. Mm-hmm. And it's also kind of like a fusion between instrumental music primarily. And it's also kind of like mm-hmm. a hybrid between jazz and, and pop and like, I don't know, kind of African music. Like, I don't know, it's just so smooth and so French also in a way. Like in that track, <laughs> I just love that bass line and like the overall production and that band. Like everything this band has ever done, I, I love it. I can't get enough of it. I saw them once in La Primavera and I was just screaming oh. like a little boy that I am. so how old would you say you were when you first heard this then when you discovered air i'd say maybe around 12 13 something along something around that but then later on i bought a vinyl version of this for myself okay i hope my sister hasn't stolen it (laughs) (laughs) to get you back for stealing her cd yeah yeah exactly um, so up until this point, you were mostly into classical. So would you say this was for you a turning point in, you know, wanting to create your own music? 
Um, yes, definitely. Like one of the turning points, I would say like kind of the first band that I let in, which I think is like a, a good transaction from classical music into kind of the pop world was Queen. Oh, wow. Okay. I, li- I loved Queen. So like at that point I was in a band with my brother, but like, I mean, we barely knew how to play our instruments and we were just kind of just passing on them. And you're kind of like, ah, music <laughs> could actually sound really good. <laughs> like then I started to kind of record stuff on my own. We had like this kind of small mm-hmm. eight track recorder and I would sometimes just make songs by just recording the drums by myself and like doing this and that because I knew in air there were just two of them. And since they could make it with right. just two people, I was just like very influenced by that. And you play all the instruments for Pale Moon. That is that right? Uh, yes, except for Nata's voice. I, I cannot of play course, that, yeah. that instrument. <laughs> but yeah, otherwise, yeah, I play the... On Stranger, I play all of the tracks. I am a keyboard player, mostly, and I studied piano, but all of the other instruments, I just kind of play them out of necessity. Right. Because it's, I'm so hard to work with, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's just being humble. Outney plays most of the instruments very well. The only time, as he mentioned, he needed maybe twice or three times to have uh, brass instruments or uh, the slide guitar. But even with The Stranger, there is a slide guitar that he figured how to do on his own. Wow. Yeah, He's very self-efficient in that way. I can, like, I can fake it. Like, I can kind of fake things often. Yeah, there was not, it wasn't a sliding guitar, though. The sound is uh, from a regular electric guitar. I just took my my brother's electric guitar and took all of the strings out of it, except for one. And then I didn't even have, I didn't even have a slide, like this kind of glass thing you put on your fingers. Uh I I used my sunglasses. (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) I used them as a slide because... Whatever works. Yeah, whatever works. It's kind of like, that's my method. This music is not about my playing or anything. It's just like what works for the track and for the song. And I'll just do whatever to make things work. If I have to like fake my way around the drums, I'll just do that. It's all about the result, I guess. Right, exactly. And I think it sounds pretty good. Thank Again, you. you fooled me. So. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but if you guys, I mean, I got obviously now this isn't really a concern because of COVID. But if you play live, you have a live band obviously coming to play with you. Or have you guys thought about your upcoming gigs for 2021, hopefully? Yeah, I mean, we're just kind of dying to play shows. We went last night for a concert. We saw Anna Andreo playing and it was so beautiful. It was hard not to get a bit emotional even like over this because like you kind of just you have itchy fingers. You're like, you really want to go back on stage and play shows. But usually when we play, we're just like, it's just two of us. And then we have a drummer, our friend Heidar. He lives in Iceland. And then sometimes my brother, he plays guitar live with us. And just like who's available, like we kind of just have a a group of friends we can call like, hey, are you like, are you good? Like, can you come? And they're like, yeah, sure. All right. I'll play the gig. It was easier when uh, we were in Iceland because Artney knows probably every musician of Iceland. And and also they're just so great. We had... Kelly, guitarist, he was playing with us. Mm-hmm. And yeah, we Valdian had a, like bass. A, some, yeah, Valdian bass. Uh, if they hear it, <laughs> thank you guys, you're amazing. <laughs> we love uh, you. Yeah, Hreider on drums. And we had up to six people at some point when we could afford it. Wow. Uh, with the 
both guitars and afforded we never paid them <laughs> <laughs> they're gonna call us what do you mean by affording it where's no. my money no. no i mean actually weirdly we had the biggest band when we traveled to mexico for improvised tour when we just released oh, wow. um our EP, we decided to make an improvised tour with our friends. Actually, before we released the EP. Yeah, okay. We were, <laughs> we were not even officially a band. I think we had to just come up with a name just before that tour. Yeah. And we just, ah, okay, let's call it Pale Moon. I was just into the sounds more than the meaning and then it kind of all went together because we started to like joke around and ask what people think and it somehow created its own gestalt meaning what pale moon for me means and what does it mean for me like i kind of imagine us being this uh like we're both quite pale. <laughs> especially <laughs> when we were silly. living in Iceland. Yeah, especially when we were when we started and living in Iceland, it was very dark and you would often just look at the moon and kind of just imagine this like one voice in the sky. So when we were like started to make up the songs, it was always so late in the night. We had the grand piano in our garage. So it made some kind of sense. Yeah. But then some of our friends also asked us uh, if Pale Moon is uh, some kind of Joker's uh, yeah, like uh, some kind of ba- phrase Batman or from Batman. And oh, really? Yeah, yeah. there is uh, some, apparently, some reference to that. Uh, yeah, That's there was also. some kind of sentence that the Joker said, like, mm-hmm. like, let's dance in the pale moonlight. If someone wants to Google that reference, I don't know. I have no idea, yeah. but it works. When I started to write my first songs, I was uh, more obsessing about um, poetry of Mayakovsky, uh, which is one of the famous poets in Russia uh, of like modernist era and there were so many poems that were based or focused on the sound rather than the meaning so that was exactly the moment when I was reading Mayakovsky and thinking about the sound how words appear in your mouth and what kind of feeling it gives so when we wrote many names Pale Moon gave me the most shiver I was like "Mm, this sounds good in your mouth it does does. (laughs) and it's also like a bonus if you can attribute meaning to that later on which it seems like you guys have Maybe not the Batman thing, but (laughs) Nato, what you were talking about, I think that's kind of, it's kind of beautiful, you know, the image of the voice singing in the pale moonlight in Iceland. Yeah, it's very, I mean, also a bit psychedelic in terms of uh, when I was doing our first posters, I draw a moon and kind of like remembered all of the 70s posters. There was always this kind of uh, stars and I don't know, the sky with uh, its own world, which inspires me a lot. Just this universe, endless universe, and this never-reaching moon that that is so close, but still so far, and kind of interesting just that we always have it, and it has some kind of influence on us. Like, I believe a little bit in Zodiacs, and sometimes for fun. Yeah, I do too. It's quite (laughs) fun. For me, like all of this kind of connected, like the universe and Zodiacs, and but I don't want to sound very distant or... No, but I do think I met this guy once and he told me uh, like a theory about the moon and how, you know, we say, oh, I feel weird today. It's a full moon. And everyone's Mm. like, ha ha. Yeah. But then he said something that actually made a lot of sense, which is that the tides are affected by the pull of the moon and our bodies are 70 percent water. Mm-hmm. So why why wouldn't we also be affected by that pull? Yeah. Right? I also heard this. Yeah. Now, when I think even further about the meaning of the pale moon, <laughs> yeah, it's this kind of influence 
which is like the influence that you maybe not creating yourself. It's just something you're born with. Or like for me, Moon also means this attraction that I had to music and mm -hmm. I always wanted to do music. And then it's still, you would never stop wanting it because I was already yeah. full blown fashion designer at the point when Outney was like, let's record music. And then you're like, yes, of course. You always, you yeah. waited for this all your life yeah. to do this. You realize that there is some power uh, in you that you're born with that end up going out of you and you're like yeah and it kind of came back full yeah, circle exactly just like the moon is a circle <laughs> yeah okay so this is going to be the base from now on for the story <laughs> thank you <laughs> amazing um well speaking of nata maybe should we go to your song now and see what yeah, it's all about pleasure Well, my song choice is Carol King's Natural Woman, her personal version of the song mm -hmm. she wrote. The first time I've heard the song was actually by Arita Franklin. Right. I think that's the version most people are familiar with, right? Yeah, exactly. So I was also the one to hear that song with Arita Franklin. And well, at some point I was quite obsessed with Motown and all of the jazz and soul. And I listened everything. I was kind of discovering one by one, I guess when I was 22 or something about that. To be honest, like this whole jazz and soul never arrived to Russia like in the right moment so I kind of started digging when we got like when we already had a good internet connections and finally that whole world opened but when I was a kid I didn't know about anything the only thing I knew was Beatles because my father was uh, good enough to buy one compilation of Beatles and oh, <laughs> and I didn't even know about anything but I loved that album and then we had one 80s album also compilation of 80s so in Russia maybe not every music that western culture knows uh, arrived mm -hmm. so I guess when I was 20 something I mean which is quite late many people are, what you don't know this like I was still like 25 when I got to know who Bob Dylan is um, yeah very very sad <laughs> But then for me, the whole world like opened. What? So many amazing music that I haven't heard of. And Carol King was one of these late discoveries. And the album Tapestry was also just, I don't know, like a discovery that I placed on the top shelf of my discoveries. And later when I started collecting vinyls, I had on my first top list, uh, it was a Tapestry of Carol King and also one quite bizarre album called 60s by Ella Fitzgerald no, by no, Ella. 30 by ah, Ella 30 yeah, yeah. actually Outney gave me that album uh, I'm so silly not to remember the, my favorite <laughs> album's name just a bit nervous to talk about it I guess if I would buy two of them you would have yeah. 60 by Ella yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah the tapestry is one of the first vinyls I got and I love I think every song equally I love the whole album because well Carol King has a special voice that has some imperfection 
attention to it compared to Aretha Franklin, who was so perfect and right. so exactly. emotional yeah. and all that was well delivered. But with Carol King, it felt so much more real. And she was the actual writer of the song, which I learned later. Right. And when I hear that song, it really brings all the emotions. And it's one of my favorite songs. Yeah, we also went and saw the Carol King uh, musical in London. Yes. <laughs> oh, there's a musical. I didn't realize. Yeah, we we are uh, musical fanatics. We used to go all the time to oh, really? make trips from Iceland to London deliberately just to go and see musicals. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, we'd go maybe for four or five days just to see like four or five musicals just in a row. Okay, we did it only twice, but... <laughs> yeah, but I'm, I'm still living on it. You're still on that high. <laughs> I'm still I'm still writing it. I'm still on that. Yeah, we saw a uh, Carol King musical in London and also Motown musical. So it's quite funny. And what what would you say is your, your favorite musical? Carol King. Yeah, I would say so too. <laughs> and the Motown one. I'll... Yeah, but I mean, for me, this musical, I was just the whole musical. I was like, I know every song by heart. If you go into some musical that you don't course, know every yeah. song of, you're maybe not as involved. But the whole show, I was just fully in. And I really loved the performance as well. So, so yeah, I recommend it. When it's open, guys, <laughs> go to musicals. Yeah. But yeah, Carol King, guys. I mean, yes, Carol King is just also such an inspiration. See, like just a such amazing songwriter and also like a, a mm. great performer. Yeah, and, like, she has a list of like thousand songs, probably <laughs> some many of which went on a top uh, during yeah. her career as a songwriter. So she knew what she's doing when she did the tapestry. Every song is amazing. Yeah, so she, she's one of those prolific songwriters that you don't even know half exactly. of the songs that are super popular were yeah, written yeah. by her. Um, speaking of songwriting then, so uh, Nata, you say you write the lyrics mostly and the melodies. Do the lyrics come from your own experiences mostly or how do you usually go about writing well, we usually start the songs with just a little setup with the guitar and me singing something that comes to mind. And we just that way we kind of find where we're going, what we're feeling. And sometimes nothing happens, but sometimes some good yeah. ideas comes. And some of the songs actually start with me just singing something random. And then the meaning kind of comes afterwards. And then I start writing lyrics and it all comes together like, well, something that I didn't control almost. This is one way we write songs and sometimes it just comes to me like I'm somewhere in the middle of the street or something and there's just some yeah. idea comes to my mind and I just grab my phone and like just record a little snippet, a little uh, musical idea, like maybe a little melody or Sometimes it's just a lyrical line or a poem and I just like write it walking on the street, trying not to bump into people. <laughs> <laughs> well, of course, sometimes we need to sit and finish the song. Aren't right. just like, okay, I'm going to give you five minutes. And then I sit and completely soak into the song that we're working on. And well, the lyrics often are about just my personal experiences. Yeah, right. I'm not so good really writing about the things I don't know about much. Of course. So that was actually the first one we started writing Outney also wrote the songs and he always had the kind of problem what should I write about I didn't like suffer you from Siberia you know everything about <laughs> Russian suffering or something but I don't think it's just about that I mean of course he was joking but he felt maybe that I had more kind of diverse experience 
in like yeah. my childhood was maybe a bit scarier and not as steady than <laughs> when yeah because i mean it was 90s in russia i was growing up a lot of mafia and dark stuff was happening mm, there yeah. and wow. just scary like really in 90s uh, because you didn't know where the country is going there was a mm-hmm. well financial collapse after another financial collapse so it was a dark time in uh, russia so i guess that's why artney felt like ah you have that kind of experience that allows you to write the deeper right. lyrics um yes it's just much more emotionally intelligent than <laughs> i am i'm just uh, like a lump of ice when it comes to <laughs> these things i was just gonna say that's also like a, i would say it's a woman thing in my personal experience <laughs> that maybe women are a bit more emotionally intelligent than men but yeah we are I not allowed wanna... <laughs> you're not allowed to express your emotions <laughs> yeah. as a man <laughs> yeah Yeah, how can you express his emotion in terms of like he does the music, which carries a lot of emotion, but he can always hide behind the instrument and behind the sound while me saying the words makes it much more real and concrete, you would say. Right. And it's more vulnerable, I would say, especially because you're the one singing the lyrics and you're there and... That's what we associate with yeah. kind of emotion. Yeah. I mean, know? the actually, the song Stranger, we started writing it in Iceland. And it was about us moving from Iceland somewhere else. Well, we really wanted to move to Spain at some point because got a little bit tired of the darkness. The winter is very long. and Overwhelming. Yeah, I love summers in Iceland, but the winter is so long and tiring. And we're just craving for some kind of experiences or like maybe just going to Europe. We're just constantly talking about this whole thing. Ah, let's buy a big van, go on a tour. So we started dreaming about this whole idea of moving as a band to Spain because also Avni has a brother here. So it all kind of just fitted together. And we started writing the song and the original lyric says, um, like instead of living as the mountains yeah it's like living living in a mansion living in a mansion on the mountain oh. top <laughs> yeah, that was... and it was very vain <laughs> we were just like kind of laughing about it just living in a mansion like if you try you can imagine living in a mansion on the mountain top that was the line and we we're just kind of there in this dark Icelandic winter somewhere with his piano writing the song that's how it started so yeah every song I guess has some meaning that's yeah. connected to our lives at the moment when we were writing it amazing but when we rewrote the lyrics we kind of started okay let's just polish the lyrics and i thought it sounded so vain and oh yeah simple like living in a mansion so we changed it a little bit and i think lyrics became much deeper and uh, profound when we finished that song it took us a while to yeah come to like a final version well it's it's beautiful um and what's next for pale moon um yeah we have 10 songs recorded we have yet to record some vocals though i was just sending off another song for a mixing just before we spoke so i think we're gonna release a few songs with like a kind of certain interval and now we're just kind of promoting stranger and, and trying to push that one further no shows yet on the horizon but it's gonna be a part of an album an lp which might come out with the spring i guess and we we were thinking about calling it lemon street because uh, that's where we lived where we recorded the album when we were living in a small town called la mora close to tarragona so yeah, oh, we, we okay. didn't uh, like finish the whole circle of the story. When we were writing these demos and we just released our first EP, 
then we decide, okay, we should do it like for real. We should just take our time and record an album. And we had already so many ideas and so many uh, recordings on the phone. And then we just moved to a mansion. Well, a mansion. We rented <laughs> mansion a, a house. We rented a house. Yeah. So, well, it was like in our mind, it was almost like a mansion, really, because we had all this time to record our songs finally, because we just dedicated a whole year to do that. Yeah, and we were staying in this house close to Tarragona. I don't know if you guys mm -hmm. are familiar with every region in Spain, but it's my favorite now. <laughs> it's, <laughs> no. Yeah, it's uh, very beautiful out there. And we had our time to record all of the songs we're planning to release during, well, next few months and hopefully an LP afterwards. Amazing. Well, all very exciting stuff. I think we're just about out of time, but I want to thank you guys so much for, for coming on the podcast. Thank you for um, having us. Make sure you check out the single Stranger. It's on Spotify. It is on... Well, I, Apple Music, SoundCloud, these, YouTube. Uh, all of these, these things. Uh, okay, so it's on every music platform. Yeah. And check out the video, which is also amazing. Thank you. And thank you guys so much for, for coming today. Thank you so much. Thank you for having us. Uh, I will see you guys next time on Music on Repeat. This is Suzy Q signing off. Ciao. Shine before we